Um, we're in the Gospel of Matthew, looking at what it means for Jesus to be our king and for us to be a part of his kingdom. Um, we're working through the Sermon on the Mount right now, and we've made it to chapter 6. We only have 22 more chapters to go, so we are making some progress. God is teaching us, and he's growing us. He's challenging us, and, and that's what we want. Uh, we want to grow and have our lives shaped by Jesus as our Lord, as our King, and as our Savior. So today we're just going to go right into the passage. You can open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, verses um, 1 to 6, and also 16 to 18. Um, next week we're going to come back and do 7 to 14. It's a bit of a different breakup today, but that's okay. So chapter 6, starting in verse 1 to 6, says this. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father in heaven. So whatever you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be applauded by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and the Father who sees in secret will reward you. Verse 5, whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you pray, go into your private room and shut the door and pray to your father who's in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Go down to uh, verse 16. Whenever you fast, don't be gloomy like the hypocrites. For they make their faces unattractive so that their fasting is obvious to people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting isn't obvious to others, but to your father who's in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Over the last few um, weeks, we've been talking about this idea of righteousness um, in the Sermon on the Mount. It's been a, a steady theme, and particularly because Jesus keeps talking about righteousness. He says in chapter 5, our righteousness needs to surpass that of the scribes and the Pharisees and, and to be a part of the kingdom of heaven. And I've quoted that almost every single week for the past few weeks. And, and you may be wondering, what does that mean? It means we need perfection. And the problem is, the more we dive into these teachings, the more we realize that a lot of these sins stem from the heart, which, which convicts us at all at, to some extent. And it doesn't have to be outward actions for the sin to be true in our lives. Jesus looks right past that and looks at the heart. For example, we've talked about if you have anger towards someone, that's murder in the heart. It, it's, it's a heart issue. If you have lust towards someone, it's adultery in the heart. Or if you make oaths, it can be lying in the heart. And so Jesus shows us that we all fall short of the perfection of God and the perfection that he requires. And therefore, we all need Jesus. And when we receive Jesus, he gives us his perfection in exchange for our imperfection through his, his death on the cross and resurrection to life. And that's, that's really great news for us. Now, the reason I'm starting with this is this sort of the foundation for today. We can practice righteousness because of who we are as children of God. Not to earn God's favor, because Jesus has already done that for us, but rather out of a response of love towards God and everything that he has done for us. It's out of a relationship. 
Now, here's where it becomes relevant to today. Jesus gives us a very strong warning around practicing righteousness before others, particularly in regards to giving, prayer, and fasting. And again, he's going to go right to the heart. And so here's the question that I want you to consider today, to keep in the back of your mind as we go through this. What is the inner motivation of your heart? Because when it comes to practicing righteousness, this question matters. What is the inner motivation of your heart? Let's go to verse 1. It says, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father in heaven. So this is sort of a a warning that, that sets up all three of these things. And essentially, it's this. Don't broadcast your spiritual practices to be seen by others. So the first option to this question, to the inner motivation of your heart, is it could be a motivation could be to be seen by others as being spiritual. And that can be really easy to do. And Pharisees were really good at this. And this is why Jesus is speaking about this. They're they're good at broadcasting their spiritual practices. But at the same time, Christians can also be really good at this. I was thinking back a few years ago, there was a, a trend on, on Instagram, where, where, which is like where you, f- you post photos, and, and uh, Christians um, would post a photo of them doing their devotions. They'd do like a, a flat lay of their, of their Bible and their coffee and their highlighters with certain verses highlighted in their Bible to, um, to show that they were being spiritual, that they were doing their devotions, and, and they probably spent five minutes reading the Bible and 30 minutes thinking of the right hashtag to add to it. But the point of doing devotions is not so that other people see you. And this is what Jesus is saying not to do. If you're looking to get recognition for righteousness, then you've totally missed the point. And he's going to say that the only reward that you get is the likes and the follows on that post. There is no reward from God for that. And so this sort of thing can happen when we practice our righteousness to be seen by others. And before we go further, I want to clarify something because earlier on in chapter five, Jesus said this, he said, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to the father. That almost seems contradictory. In one sense, Jesus is saying, practice your righteousness before others. and, And now he's saying, don't practice your righteousness before others. What do we do with that? Well, it's really important to note that there are two different things here. Good deeds are allowed to be public so long as God is getting the glory. As Christians, we are called to, um, to look differently, act differently, um, to live differently than the world. And, and in that in itself is going to be pointing to the kingdom that we belong to and, and the king that we serve. And that brings glory to God. What Jesus is pushing back on is personal religious devotions like giving, praying, and fasting. These things are supposed to be done in secret for only God to see because, because doing it in secret brings glory to God. If you, if you do these things publicly, then you end up getting the glory for it. But it all comes down to the motive of the heart. Is it God's glory is that the motivation or is it your, your own pride and ego? So when you're about to do something, you're not sure, should this be public or not? Ask this question, who's going to get the glory out of it? 
Is it you or is it God? I'm going to recognize that this thing, this is difficult to do uh, because as humans, we like reward, whether that be affirmation or acceptance or approval or or admiration or, or even praise. Psychology teaches us that reward is built into the programming of our brains, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. God obviously designed us to have and to want reward. And, and how I know that is because the text talks about Jesus, or God giving you a reward. But it's from him, not from others. And unfortunately, we tend to go for the counterfeit, which can be that of human praise and, and recognition. And the problem is when you get a reward from humans, it, it wears off. It usually doesn't fully satisfy. So you go looking for more and, and you desire more. And it can be a bit of an addicting um, cycle that you can pursue. And so where you get your reward matters. But it starts with the motive of your heart. If, if you desire man's reward, you're not going to get it from God. If you desire God's reward, then you don't need it from man. And the reward you receive from God will be satisfying and lasting and eternal. It will not wear out. And there is no cycle of having to prove yourself or, or achieve to get more but the motive of the heart has to be in the the right place. Let's pick up in verse two. So whenever you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in other synagogues and on the streets to be applauded by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. So now we're talking about this idea in the context of giving. And Jesus starts, whenever you give to the poor, so assuming that giving to the poor is something we do as followers of God. And and God demonstrates this. He he shows mercy and gives kindness to the ungrateful and the undeserving, which which is all of us. And so giving is a practice that we have the freedom to be able to do as part of our devotion to God. But when he says to do it, he says don't publicly display it. Why? Because the praise of man will be your reward. Now, the world sort of operates on this this principle of seeking man's praise. That's why when you see someone donate a hospital wing, they, they plaster their name on it so that everyone knows that they were generous and that they can give credit and praise to that person. But God is saying that the praise of man is the only reward that they're going to get. Or I saw this trend on, on YouTube where a lot of famous YouTubers were going out and, and giving to the poor and helping the homeless and serving food and, and giving um, financial uh, money to people. And, and I'm always skeptical of that motivation because first of all, they're videoing everything for everyone to be able to see how great they are. And if you read the comments, it's all praising these YouTubers. And some of them have gotten criticized for using... Um, the poor just to get more likes and follows on their channels because people naturally praise good deeds. Even if the motivation is, is off base, people will praise good things. And so this is the kind of warning that Jesus is giving to Christians. He says, don't be like the hypocrites who are just trying to get more likes and follows or recognition for how generous or spiritual they are. Christians are to act differently in God's kingdom. We don't, we don't need people's praise. We're called to give in secret where, where only God will see what we're doing. And that's where the reward will be. 
So motivation matters. The desire of your heart, it, it matters. Are you pursuing the glory of, of God when you give? Or are you pursuing your own glory? And God is glorified when you give in secret. Now I want you to see that there's also a second wrong motivation that Jesus mentions here. Notice in verse 3, he says, When you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. What does that mean? It means you may not be seeking other people's praise and, and reward, but maybe you're seeking your own praise. And there's a number of reasons this can be the motivation. It could be that you want to make yourself feel better. And so you give because it makes you feel like you've done something really good. Or it could be that you're trying to outweigh bad things that you've done in your life, and so this just appeases the guilt for a little while. It could be that you're, you're a narcissist and you just think you're super awesome. Jesus is saying you're still missing the point. Your left hand should not even know what your right hand is doing, um, lest your left hand praise your right hand, which the motivation of the heart in that case is still in the wrong place. Reward only comes in secret where God is your only audience and where God receives all the glory. Jesus goes on to give another example, this time relating to prayer. He says, whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites because they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to the Father who is in secret, and the Father who sees in secret will reward you. The call again is, is don't be like the hypocrites. And particularly, he was referring to the Pharisees of the time and saying, don't be like them because they were hypocrites. Now, the, the audience would have understood a hypocrite to be like an actor in a play. And, and, it's, and that's the traditional understanding of the word. It's a hypocrite is to be acting like someone that you're not. And in this case, they're praying and pretending to be God's people. They put on the show, they say the elegant words, they, they've memorized the script of God's law, they've, they've probably grown up intellectually knowing the ways of God, and so the performance comes easy. And so they go out to the street corners, they pray, and the response of people is, wow, those people are so holy and spiritual, they really know God. And God is saying, they don't know me at all. They're hypocrites. They're nothing more than actors putting on a performance to get people's praise. And, and that's the only reward they're going to get. Now, that can be a great warning for us as Christians. Because here's the danger. You can know your Bible. You can memorize scripture. You can know the verses to quote at the right time. You can practice like a Christian you can go to church every Sunday. You can give in the offering. You can pray beautiful prayers. You can be devout and passionate, and yet your heart can still be far from God. And that's a, a scary place to be. And, and here's my observation as a, as a pastor. Those who, who tend to showboat the most about their faith and spirituality, who go above and beyond to publicly prove that they're a Christian, are often the furthest away from God. Why is that? Because it's easier to hear from people that you are close to God because of your outward actions seem to prove that than it is to come to terms with the reality of your own heart before God. Outward actions might look like you're a Christian, but deep down you know in your heart that you're far from God. 
And so the warning here, Christians, is that you can be self-deceived. The Pharisees and the scribes thought they were close to God. They thought publicly praying would show to the world how close they were to God. But just because someone praises your outward religiosity doesn't mean you're close to God. If anything, that should be a cause to, to consider and examine your own heart. It could be that people are noticing spiritual maturity, but in that case, God is getting the glory for that. Or it could be that your heart is far from God and you're acting religiously to, to hide it. So don't be self-deceived. You need to search your heart. You need to understand the motives of your heart. Are you being like a Pharisee? And that's a, that's a question that we need to ask every once in a while because it can so easily happen in our hearts and yet you look fine from the outside. You look like a Christian from the outside, yet inside, that's not the same story. So, is the motivation for, for other people's praise and affirmation, is the motivation for your own self-praise or is the motivation for God's glory? If it's God's glory, you don't need people to see. Only God needs to see it. So in that case, you can go into the back room and, and be alone with the Father where only he sees it and he'll reward you for that. Now, Jesus is not saying here, don't pray with others. It's not what he's saying. He's not referring to corporate prayer here or prayer with other Christians. That is something we are called to do as Christians. He's talking about personal prayer that should be between you and the Father in secret. And here's a question you might be wondering. What is the reward that Jesus keeps talking about? Because he keeps mentioning a reward. Well, the first answer is it's not super clear what that is, but it's going to be great. Second thing is I was, I was reading an author, his name is John Stott, and, and he said this, I'm going to read it out. He said, there may be treasure awaiting for us when we come to pray. Certainly the hidden rewards of prayer are too many to set out. In, in the words of the Apostle Paul, when we cry, Abba, Father, the Holy Spirit witnesses with our spirit that we indeed are God's children, and we are granted a strong assurance of his fatherhood and love. He lifts the light of his face upon us and gives us his peace. He refreshes our soul, satisfies our hunger, and quenches our thirst. We know we are no longer orphans, for the Father has adopted us. No longer prodigals, for we have been forgiven. No longer alienated, for we have come home. That's an incredible affirmation and, and reward that, that we can experience when we come to prayer. In, in simpler terms, it's we're reminded of who we are in the presence of God that we're loved and cared for, that we're adopted and saved. But it only happens when we're not putting on a performance, when we're not concerned about what others think of us, but only what the Father thinks of you. God's presence is an incredible reward and a privilege that we have access to because of Christ. We have an opportunity to come into God's presence through prayer when it's just you and him. So let your heart desire that. Jesus is going to go on to say one more example, this time in regards to fasting. He says, whenever you fast, don't be gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so that their fasting is, is obvious to people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting isn't obvious to others, but to the Father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. 
For those of you who don't know what fasting is, it's, it's simply not eating food for a certain period of time. Jesus practiced this. He did 40 days and 40 nights without eating food. Pharisees often fasted, um, sometimes twice a week for a full day. John the Baptist and his disciples fasted. Um, the Old Testament is full of people fasting. And so it is, it's a regular Christian practice that, that we can do. And the point of fasting is, is setting aside food to be devoted to God. And it can be a really hard spiritual discipline to do because we all crave food. And when things are hard, we, we tend to want people to know it, right? So that we get a little bit of sympathy or a little bit of praise on how devoted we are. And so Jesus is saying, again, don't do that. That's what the Pharisees does do and, and God doesn't accept it. Instead, make sure the one, uh, when you fast, that nobody knows about it. That only God knows about it in the secret and it is there where he will reward you. So we've seen Jesus now call out three examples of religious devotion that we are called to kept secret. Giving, praying, and fasting. And so let's come back to that question that I mentioned earlier. What is the motivation of your heart? And again, do, do you show off your religious devotion to be seen by others? Do you show off your religious devotion to praise yourself? Or do you desire to seek God's presence in secret where he will reward you? And, and it comes down to who is your audience. Is it others? Is it you? Or is it God? And who the audience is will dictate your performance. Humans can be bluffed. You can be fooled, you can be fooled into thinking that you are generous, that, um, that you're genuine in your praying and in your fasting. You can put on a performance and you can seem like the best Christian, but you're only deceiving yourself like the Pharisees did. God, on the other hand, cannot be fooled, cannot deceive God. He looks past all the outward fluff and looks right at the heart. He knows if you're putting on the show. So ask yourself, who is your audience? Is it others? Is it you? Or is it God? And whatever the answer is to the question, be honest of where you're at. Maybe you've lived seeking people's praise and, and haven't ever experienced the presence of God in secret. Bring that to the cross, repent of it, be freed from that, and, and seek that communion with God in the secret. Maybe you've lived trying to appease guilt that you feel and, and giving and fasting and praying makes you feel a little bit better about yourself, but it hasn't freed you. Again, bring it to the cross, repent of it, be freed of it and seek communion with God in secret. Maybe you're trying to, to just prove yourself to God by your giving and praying and fasting. And to you, I want to say that the Father sees you, he hears you, he loves you, he sent Jesus to die for you so that you can be free from religious striving. You don't need to prove yourself over and over and over again. Allow God in those secret moments to tell you who you are, that you're loved and cared for, you're saved. Invite the worship team to come back up again. And this is for all of us, I want us to find great joy in giving and praying and fasting in secret with only the Father to see. It is there that he will reward us. It is there that he will remind us of who we are and that he's the only audience that we need. The Father, he loves you. He cares for you. 
and he desires to be with you in that secret place. It's there that he's willing to receive that generosity, your offerings and your devotion as part of your worship, not out of religion, but out of love. Let's pray. Father, it is your presence that we seek. Lord, help us not to be deceived by man's praise or by any desire to have to prove or atone for ourselves. Jesus, it is because of you that we can come to the Father clothed in your righteousness, forgiven and set free from our sin, set free from religious striving. We thank you and praise you for that. Help us to seek you, Father, in those quiet and secret times where your presence is the reward that our soul deeply longs for. Would you satisfy the deepest longings of our heart? Would you remind us often of who we are? And Father, above all, would you help us to bring honor and glory to your powerful and holy name? Help that be the motivation of our heart. Would you continue to receive our praise? We pray this in your powerful and holy name. Amen.